Hey, good morning. Morning. How's everybody doing? Doing all right? Excited about our time together uh, this, this morning. We're going to be in Mark chapter 8. If you want to go ahead and turn there in your Bibles, Mark chapter 8. Uh, if you're using one of our Bibles, uh, it's going to be on page 705. If you don't have a Bible, forgot your Bible on all these communion tables that you just went to a second ago. Um, our Bibles, if you don't own a Bible, that's our gift to you. Take it with you. Uh, we'd love for you to take it. If you do own a Bible, put it back after you found it. Um, last week, um, going to catch you all up if you weren't here with us last week. We kicked off our new uh, fall teaching series entitled For the City, For the City. I'm really, really excited uh, about this fall teaching series together. Really excited, excited to just explore this idea uh, about what it means to be a people uh, who are not just for ourselves, but a people that are for the people around us, a people that are for, for the city. And so we're going to take uh, the next few weeks together this fall and just explore this idea, okay, what does it look like? Um, what does it look like for us to leverage our lives as a church family uh, so that the kingdom of God can advance here in Nashville? Uh, what does it look like um, to radically live out our lives as followers of Jesus, not for the good of our own church and not just for the good of our own lives, but for the lives of those around us? Because as the people of God, we are not just here for ourselves. We're here for wherever God has us. And right now, you may be visiting with us, but if you're not and you live here in Nashville, God has you in Nashville for, for this city. And so each week, we're gonna look at kind of one aspect. What does it look like for us to leverage our lives? Kind of one aspect each week. What does it look like for us to use our lives for this city so that the people of this city can come to know God and give God the glory for their lives and last week, we, we began where it always begins, um, with our hearts. And so I, I don't know how long you have been following Jesus, uh, but so often when you look at Jesus and you look at his teachings, this is where he begins and this is where he ends. And so often, this is what he says is the most important thing. It says, hey, it begins with your hearts. You can do a lot of things for the city if it, if it doesn't come out of a place of overflow, if our hearts have not first been compelled by the love of Christ, if we are not moved by the love of Christ and we are doing things simply just to do them in the name of Jesus, we need, we need to kind of check ourselves. And so last week we looked, we looked at our hearts and we looked at kind of the different places that we may find our hearts right now in this moment. And I encourage you to go back and listen because it kind of sets the tone for the rest of this series. Now, uh, we want to acknowledge the fact that as we look to be people for this city, uh, as we look uh, to move from places of deep conviction within our hearts, as we look to move from places where we are compelled by the love of Jesus out into this city, it's not because we are good. It's not because we're tooting our own horn. Hey, we have all the answers. It's not because we are good. It's because he who is good lives within us. It's because he who is good works and lives through us. And so that's what this series is gonna be about. Today's gonna be a little bit different. Uh, today, we're gonna do something a little bit outside of the box within, within this series. And so there's gonna be a shorter time of teaching and then we're gonna go and we're gonna do something uh, really fun together as a church family. Is that cool with y'all? Is that cool? Awesome. If it's not, it's what we're doing anyway. So um, 
Get on board. Uh, Mark chapter eight. Let's read the first eight verses together. Mark chapter eight. Starting in verse one, it says, during those days, another large crowd gathered. And this was happening a lot. Uh, so before we kind of continue the story, this was happening a lot in Jesus's ministry at the time. People were catching on to the just miraculous things that were happening around Jesus. His life was really, really magnetic. And so you would see not only hundreds of people gather around Jesus when he began to teach, but thousands of people were gathering when Jesus would teach. And so this is where we find ourselves. Thousands of people gathered listening to Jesus. Continues, it says, since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called the disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. And that line's important. We're gonna come back to it. I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on their way because some of them will have come a long distance. His disciples answered, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? I love it. Anytime you ask Jesus a question, you know you're gonna get a great response. It says, how many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. So then something begins to happen here. In verse six, he says, he told the crowd to sit down. Just imagine this. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. And when he had taken the seven loaves, he's taken these loaves and he had given thanks, he broke them and he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people and they did so. We know from other accounts of the story that Jesus was breaking the bread and breaking the bread and the disciples were breaking the bread and breaking the bread and it kept multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. So they had a few small fish too. Let's keep going. Verse seven, they had a few small fish as well and he gave thanks for them also and he told the disciples to distribute them. Verse eight, says the people ate and were satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Okay, there's a lot of really incredible things here in this very small story that we just read. And I think there's a lot of things that we could look at this morning that would challenge us, that would encourage us, that would bless us. Uh, but what I want us to focus on this morning, what, what I want us to look at is how the needs of the people in this situation the needs of the people didn't just end with their needs. Jesus, he took their needs and he made them his own. Here in this moment, the needs of the people became, became Jesus's needs. It moved beyond just them to him. And we're gonna take a little bit closer look at this. And now what I want us to look at this morning is how Jesus saw the people, like how, how he saw them, how he saw their need and then how, how he's, he was moved to a place of compassion, how he was moved to a place of deep love. And it, it didn't end there. Jesus then met that need. And so that's what we're gonna look at this morning, how he saw the need, how he had this place of deep compassion for the people and the need that he saw. And, and then how he actually went and he, he met the need of the people that he was, he was ministering to. And so this first kind of moment, struck me where he, where he actually saw the people. Imagine this, Jesus, he is teaching to thousands of people, right? Thousands of people. And he takes the time to actually notice like what's going on in the lives of the people that he's ministering to. You know, I've never preached a sermon to, to thousands of people before, but I would imagine it would be really easy to just kind of look out in the crowd, to just kind of look out in the crowd and, and not really pay attention to the people that you're, that you're talking to. And Jesus, he, he saw 
the very real needs of the people that he was talking to. There's this, there's this moment where I think he, he saw like the faces of the people that were staring back at him and they, they, they were probably looking pretty hungry. I imagine Jesus was actually hearing the groans of their stomach. I mean, they had given up three days of food to hear him preach and here they are and they are genuinely in need, in need of food. But it's important to notice, Jesus didn't just see their need. You know, it wasn't like, all right, you're hungry. He moves from this place of seeing the need to moving to a place of deep compassion for the people. And I think we even see this in the way that he saw, the way that he saw the people. But it says that he has moved to a place of deep compassion. Did you see that when we read that? And we see this in this conversation with his disciples. He cares so much that, you know, I don't know what he did. Did he press pause on the sermon? He's like, all right, disciples, come, come together here. Hey, these people are hungry. Like these people, they have a real need and I genuinely care about what's going on with them. And you see this moment and this word compassion actually means to be deeply moved. Like when you look at this word in the original language, it's like to be deeply moved all the way to your inner core, all the way to your guts. But it doesn't just end here. It doesn't just end here. Jesus not only sees the need, he's not only moved to a place of deep compassion, he then actually meets the need. He then meets the need that moved him to this place. And I don't know about you, but so often I'm pretty good with the first two steps. Like I can see the need, I can be even moved to this place of compassion, but then to take that third step to actually meet the need will sometimes be a little bit of a barrier for me. And I don't know what you often will say, oh, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough resources, like on and on and on. But I think it's important to notice how Jesus chooses to meet the need. I want us to look at how he chooses to meet the need in front of him. And I think what he does is he looks at, okay, what do I have and who do I have? What do I have and who do I have? What's Jesus have? A few loaves of bread and a few fish. I think most of us would look at that and think, it's not gonna do much. It's not gonna help much. Who, who does he have? Okay, he's got thousands of people and then he has the friends around him. He has his closest followers. So there's this moment he says, okay, this is what I have and this is who I have. And I think when we give what we have with the people around us, God will do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. And I think that's what we see, we see in this story. So in the midst of this teaching series, we're looking at what it means to be a church for the needs of this city. Well, what does it mean to be a church for, for the very real needs in Nashville, Tennessee? We wanna be a church that sees the needs for the city, that has compassion for the people with those needs. And then we wanna be a church that partners with God to meet the very real needs in our city. This morning, we're gonna be talking about a very, very real need in our city. We're gonna be talking about one of the many needs and the reality is we could spend all day, we could spend this whole teaching series talking about every single need that we see in Nashville. And so the reality is God has us spread out in this city for a reason. He has us in different neighborhoods with different passions, 
seeing different things and different needs pop up. And so I just wanna name it. Like we're not gonna talk about all the needs of the city this morning. We're gonna kind of hone in on one need that we have seen over the last few years as a church family. Now, I know it may be hard for some of us to uh, believe here uh, this morning that there are people in this city that have no idea how they are gonna get food on their pantries, how they are gonna fill their pantry selves from week in to week out, where they're gonna get their next meal. There are people in this city that are, are crushed by, by this reality. And a few years ago, this need became very real for us uh, as a church family. Um, we had an organization reach out to us called uh, Youth, Youth for Christ. And this organization works with uh, families in the city of Nashville who are experiencing poverty. And they reached out to us in kind of a moment of panic. Um, one of the ways that they, they minister to and connect with the families uh, in this city is they, they provide a Thanksgiving meal for families who can't provide a Thanksgiving meal for themselves. They kind of reached out to us in this moment of panic and said, hey, we actually aren't um, getting a shipment of food in and we have no way of providing food for these families. This was six or seven years ago. And they reached out to us and were like, hey, can you, can you help? And we were like, sorry guys, good luck. Uh, no, just kidding. We were like, yes, we would love to help. Like, how can we help? How can we help meet this need? And through this relationship, we began to uncover this very real need in the city for people that don't know where their next meal is gonna come from, for people that don't know how they're gonna be able to put food on the pantry shelves. And over the years, what we've done is we've continued to partner with organizations here in Nashville that are both addressing kind of the systemic issues of, of poverty and hunger, hunger, but that are also meeting the very real need of very real people who right now, today, who right now, this week, have no idea where their next meal is gonna come from, have no idea how they're gonna be able to afford, afford groceries. And this year, uh, what we've done is we've partnered with an organization called The Little Pantry. And the really cool thing about The Little Pantry is it's literally five minutes here from Marathon. It's five minutes from this North uh, Nashville neighborhood. This organization started in 2010 as a result of the flood, as they realized people not only were without housing, uh, but people were without food. They had no idea how they were going to afford groceries in the midst of that crisis. Well, they realized it wasn't just because of the flood that this was happening. Like this was a reality before the Nashville flood of 2010 happened. And so they've continued building relationships with real people in this community and every Saturday morning, they open up their pantry for anybody that does not know how they're gonna buy groceries that week. And each week, they feed over 200 families, 200 families in this, in this part of town, in this neighborhood, people who cannot buy groceries on their own. Stacy is a woman who uh, is the director of the Little Pantry, and I was talking with her a couple weeks ago, and she said, hey, we're actually in a pretty, pretty desperate place. Um, some food that we thought was gonna come in is not coming in. And we begin to realize this, this happens quite a bit. This happens quite a bit. The, the, the places in our city that, that are feeding those who don't have food, like actually um, struggle to keep their pantries full of food to feed these people. And so we said, hey, can we help? Is there, is there any way 
that we can help meet this need. And there's a number of ways that we could have done this, right? We could have had a canned food drive. We could have had y'all bring uh, food here uh, next Sunday. We could have taken up a special offering. Um, but what we've decided to do is things are just better when you do them together. Like things are just better as a people of God when you, when you do them together. So here in just a moment, we're gonna end our worship gathering and we're gonna head to Kroger um, in just, just a few moments. That's right, in just a moment, we're all gonna stand up together. We're gonna stack our chairs and we're gonna continue worshiping in the aisles of Kroger. There's, there's something about doing things together that makes them that much better. And so there's this amazing thing that happens. If you've been a part of our church family, you've maybe participated in this day before. But there's, a, there's this amazing thing that happens when we uh, descend upon Kroger as this, as this army. At first, people are a little scared. Like they're a little taken back. They're like, did the apocalypse happen? Did I miss it? And then we get the joy of telling them why we are there. We get the joy of sharing the reality that, hey, we, we as a church saw a very real need in this city. And because of who our God is, like we, we wanna help meet that very real need. And so every year people ask, they're like, what are y'all doing here? Like what is happening? And we get to invite others to join us. We get to share the reality that, hey, because Christ resides in us, like we want to be a part of what God is doing in this city. We wanna be a part of meeting the very real needs of this city. And so our church canceled its worship gathering. We left and we came to Kroger so that we could provide groceries for people who, who, who can't afford them. And the cool thing about this is it's people right here in our, in our neighborhood. It's through an organization that I, we're gonna invite you to serve with to not only buy the groceries, but to be a part of distributing the groceries. And so being a church that is for the city means that we're a church that meets the very real needs of the city that, that we are in. So here's the specifics. In just a moment, I'm gonna invite you to stand up. We're gonna stand up, we're gonna stack our chairs. You're gonna get a food shopping list that'll be handed to you on your way out. Uh, we're gonna go to a Kroger that's just five minutes from us. We're all gonna go together. And we'll, amen, yes, they're having fun back there. I hate to squash it. Um, the least expensive item on this list is 60 cents, all the way up to a few dollars. You can buy one of the items, you can buy all the items, you can buy a hundred of one item. If you don't have money to buy groceries this morning, come with us, worship with us in the aisles of Kroger. It's gonna be a blast. And you may be thinking, okay, I'm buying these groceries. Where do I actually take them? Figure it out. No, just kidding. We have a U-Haul. We have a U-Haul in the back of the Kroger parking lot. Look for the giant U-Haul. If there happens to be two U-Hauls there, just ask for the one that's ethos. So don't, don't give, yeah. The U-Haul will be in the back of the Kroger parking lot. Marathon, church is not over. Uh, church is just now getting started. Um, but our time here at Marathon is done. So I wanna invite you to stand up, stand up. We're gonna stand up together. Stack your chair, grab a list. We will see you at the Monroe Street Kroger. It is less than five minutes from here.